Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Life in the Cat Lane, the podcast that covers all things cat, from health and behavior to history and lore. I am your neighborhood cat wrangler, Jamie, and today we're going to talk about what to expect at your cat's first vet visit. Whether this is your first cat or just the first time you've taken a new cat to the vet, having a baseline for your cat's health will benefit them as you navigate their health and wellness throughout their lives. This week was my current foster girl's first vet visit, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to walk you through what you can expect when taking your cat to their first vet visit. Naturally, every vet is going to vary, and if you have questions, absolutely call and ask before you go. Your vet staff are more than happy to answer those for you, and everyone wants your cat's visit to be as stress-free as possible. Choosing a vet is your first step. Maybe you live in an area with an abundance of vet clinics, or you might not have a lot of options, but here are some things I look for when moving to a new area and looking for a new vet. First, do they have a web presence? I like to see how they present themselves online. Do they have photos or videos of the clinic? Do they ever have open houses so you can see behind the scenes? Do they speak well of their staff? Do they share any info on the vets themselves, like their past experience, the pets they have? For me, it's important to know that they have cats of their own. They should also tell you what types of services they can perform in-house. Do they mainly only do wellness visits? Can they do imaging or blood work in-house? Or will bigger issues always be referred out? Do you need a vet that can make house calls? Is it important to you if the vet is certified fear-free or has a separate waiting area for cats? Or even a cat-only practice? Figure out what your needs are beforehand so you don't set yourself up with unrealistic expectations once you've made a decision. Do their hours work for you? Some clinics are open late and some are only open during the day. Do they have an association with an urgent care or animal hospital if you need vet care outside of clinic hours? If you can only make appointments after five, but the clinic closes at 5.30, they might not be the right clinic for you. Typically, when you make your cat's first appointment, the receptionist or vet tech on the phone will get pertinent information they need. You still might want to arrive 10 to 15 minutes early for the first visit, just in case you do need to fill out or verify information. The basic info you'll need to have on hand is the approximate age of your cat. If you aren't sure, just give your best guess and they can adjust it once the vet assesses your cat. They'll need to know breed. Now, if you don't have a purebred, your likely breed is just going to be domestic short hair, domestic medium hair, or domestic long hair. And then the coat type or color. Do you have an orange tabby, a solid black cat, a calico? If your cat is bicolor, which is two separate colors, give the dominant color first. For instance, Life in the Cat Lane show model David is a bicolor white and black long hair cat. Any other identifiers can be given then. Does your cat have any unique body differences like no tail or missing a leg or only one eye? Let the intake person know so they can make a note on the file. 
they'll also ask if your cat has been spayed or neutered or if they're still intact. If you aren't sure, let's say you took in a stray, for example, you can just say that and the vet will check for surgical scars. If you adopted a cat and they had started or received any vaccines from the shelter, you can let them know on the intake call as well. This is also the time to ask for payment options and general costs if they aren't listed on their website. Some clinics can take medical credit cards like Care Credit, and others can't. Some only take credit card or cash, and rarely do clinics allow payment plans. Be prepared for how the visit will be paid for and what costs to expect for a typical first visit. And when you take your cat anywhere outside the house, make sure they're safely inside an appropriate carrier at all times. I have an upcoming episode on how to choose a carrier and make your cat comfortable with it, but your cat's first vet visit is not the time to just wrap kitty in a towel or put them on a harness and hope for the best. There's way too many variables outside of your control to risk it, and being in a small, confined space is going to be much easier on your cat's stress levels. So aside from your cat and payment, what should you take to the first appointment? If you have any medical records or vaccine records at all, if they were adopted from a rescue or shelter and they were administered any vaccines or medications, bring those records with you. If you don't have access, let the vet clinic know at the time you make the appointment to see if they can obtain the records for you and give them the name and phone number of where your cat was adopted from. You can also contact the shelter and ask that those records be forwarded to the new vet. Especially if this is your cat's very first ever vet visit, take a fecal sample. This gives the vet the ability to check for any parasites, and if they do happen to have any, then they can be put on a specific dewormer to target those parasites. So for a good fecal sample, try to have it as fresh as possible, preferably within 12 hours prior to the visit. My preferred method is using a sandwich bag. Turn it inside out over your hand like you would a dog poop bag, grab the sample, turn it right side out, and close it up. If it's particularly stinky or liquid, go ahead and put it in another bag. I also label the bag with a Sharpie with my name and the cat's name, so there's no confusion at the vet. If you do happen to get your sample several hours before and you're not sure what to do to keep it fresh, just keep it in a dark, cool space, but not cold. So an insulated lunch bag would be okay, but not the fridge. Once you've arrived with your kitty, depending on current protocols, you might check in inside or check in on the phone. For example, the clinic my cats go to has a hybrid curbside setup. You park in one of the designated patient spots and call the number on the placard. You let them know you're there and which pet you're there with and your spot number. Once the vet is ready, you're given the option to have the tech take the cat inside or accompany in them. I choose to go in whenever possible, but if you have the option and you feel more comfortable waiting in your car, that's absolutely okay. Just be ready with your cell phone so the vet can discuss the visit with you. Once your cat is brought in, they'll ask you or the vet tech might just take the cat out of the carrier themselves to get a wait. Some cats are easier than others. I have experienced my most nervous cats are actually better at turning into a lump and sitting on the scale where my more curious or gregarious cats don't have the patience when there's a new person to me and a room to explore. After their weight is taken, they'll also want to take a temperature. Sometimes the techs will handle this on their own or may ask you to hold your cat still while they check. 
It's usually performed with a rapid read digital rectal thermometer coated with a safe lubricant and, of course, checked rectally. Not fun, but quick and accurate. Then they'll go over any specifics of the appointment and general health questions, appetite, energy levels, etc. And if they didn't take the fecal sample at check-in, they'll take it now. If you've elected to do any blood work, like checking for FIV or FELV, the vet tech will typically leave with your cat to perform this in the lab room. This is done for a few reasons. Taking blood samples can be distressing for both owner and cat. And as cats are very adept at reading your emotions, your distress can ramp up their distress. Once in the back, they'll also have extra hands to help who are also very experienced. And it's just safer to keep sterile equipment in one place. Take this time to go ahead and read the fun or informative posters that are in practically every vet exam room. Once the tech brings your cat back, they'll let you know that the doctor's been updated and will be in soon. And then, showtime, the vet will come in and perform the wellness check. One thing they're looking for is body condition. Is kitty underweight? They have extra padding. How is their coat? Do they have any unusual bumps or bumps? They're also going to check in their mouth. If you have a kitten, they'll want to see if the adult teeth are coming in. And adult cats will need to be checked for any oral health concerns like bad teeth, gum disease, etc. Are your cat's eyes bright and clear? Do they have any mites hanging out in the ears? If they do do any lab testing in-house, you'll likely get your results at that time so the vet can go over them. If there are parasites in that fecal sample or a positive result on the combo panel, that way the vet can go over treatment options at that time as well. Now, if your cat gets a clean bill of health and hasn't started their vaccines, your vet will go over what vaccines are appropriate or required for your cat. For example, my foster kitten had a fever and respiratory infection, so starting vaccines while her immune system is still fighting an infection wasn't advisable. So she'll start those once she's up to full health. This is also the time to ask any questions you have about your cat and their health. Diet, activity level, behavior, bring it up now. Do they recommend pet insurance? Is there a specific company or brand that they work with or would warn you against? And unless there's any urgent health concerns that came up during the appointment, at this point, you're typically done. They'll direct you to wait in the lobby or your car while the visit is finalized, and then you'll pay. If any medications or foods were prescribed, they'll provide them at checkout. If you do need to make a follow-up visit, you can schedule it then as well. And then you and Kitty can be on your way. Vet visits, even when they go perfectly, can take a toll on your cat. So don't be surprised if they need to sleep the rest of the day. And if they received any vaccines, they'll especially be more likely to need sleep. Don't be too concerned if your cat is not interested in dinner that night. But if you do have concerns about how your cat is behaving after the vet visit, especially if they receive vaccines, call your vet. They can let you know specifically what is a concern for your cat and if they just need to rest. After the visit, start your own dossier for your cat. Just a simple folder holding a copy of that visit's itemized bill will show any test performs or vaccines given and any prescriptions provided. Keep that file in a safe place with other important records and keep it updated. Your cat's vaccine records, microchip registration, anything pertaining to their health should be kept there. If you need to change vets or need to verify any health information, it's good to have your own records of what's been performed on your cat. And you're done. Your first vet visit on your cat's lifetime of wellness has been accomplished.
This week's Community Cat Spotlight is on newbie Lavinia. Earlier this summer, I worked with a rescue to trap some kittens that had been abandoned at a remote boat launch. Through that experience, I made some other connections to other rescuers and trappers, and a few weeks ago, one of them reached out asking if I could help with a kitten that had been trapped, but the trapper was unable to complete TNR with them. My contact was hopeful that if she ended up being too feral to be homed, that I might be able to integrate her into my colony. I picked her up expecting a fully feral kitten. They weren't able to give me any real information on where she might be from or if she was part of an established colony or anything about her behavior. The only noise she made that first night was a few cries when she saw Juniper outside of her cage, but otherwise she was just silent and scared. I sat with her for a while, feeding her a little meat tube treat and later holding her in a burrito while she ate her dinner. When I have a feral that isn't being immediately taken in for TNR, I like to keep them crated with a box that they can hide in, food and water, and a litter box, and cover the cage so that my looky-loo cats won't bother them. Because she was congested, and it was going to be a few days before the TNR clinic was open, I decided to at least get her handleable, so even if she wasn't going to be tamed, I could still treat her. It's always a shot in the dark if a cat over a few months old can be turned into a house cat. The longer that they're on their own and not interacting positively with humans, the more likely they are going to form negative ideas of people and find it harder to adapt. But I do swear by the swallowing method, and especially when it comes to spicy kittens. It's where you wrap them and then keep them close against your heart if possible and just keep them with you during the day. Lavinia showed me a piece I have been missing this whole time, though. While she tolerated the first few times wrapped up and held, she would immediately become aggressive when put back in her crate. One afternoon, though, while cuddled up with her, I was scrolling through streaming apps trying to find something new to watch and settled on Claim to Fame. The first time she heard Kevin Jonas speak, her eyes zeroed in on the TV and she was hooked. After that, she was over the worst of the socialization process. She started greeting me at her crate door at mealtimes and when it was time for her cuddle sessions and started giving headbutts and purring and even her little tiny, almost silent meows. I know she's got a good voice in there, but I haven't heard it again since the first day. After a few days of positive interactions, she's graduated to a larger crate where she's able to observe the other cats and general daily happenings with more toys and scent markers to build her confidence and keep her occupied, and she does get some time around the room to just stretch her legs. But anytime there's a new episode of Claim to Fame on, she's right back to being glued to the TV. And yesterday even tried to find a way to free her fr friend Kevin from his flat prison. In the two weeks that I've had her, she has blossomed from frightened feral to confident, playful, affectionate kitten. And I'm so glad she won't need to be integrated into the colony and instead can find a home as a loved pet. <laughs> That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening and for everyone who's been leaving five-star ratings and sharing the episodes. If there's a topic you'd like to hear covered or you want to share pictures of your own spicy kittens, you can reach me at lifeinthecatlanepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at lifeinthecatlanepod and Twitter at catlanepod.